He did not grow a head at the uh, no no head on my arm. Site. Um, so and everything everything and, feels fine. Yeah, he he was sore for a little bit, but now he's good. Yeah, it was only about three days. Three, three yeah. Eight. Any side effects that we should know about? No, uh, it was just very very uh painful my um arm. he forgot to mention there was one side effect actually two side effects uh six-pack abs mm-hmm. so he has those now and his penis has gotten bigger oh yeah that's right yes i forgot about both of those we tell them that so they'll get the vaccine yeah all right go get yeah, vaccinated yeah, if yeah, you want a bigger dick yeah exactly yeah <clears throat> yeah you'll get a bigger penis six-packs abs six-pack of abs and then ladies you will get um a sense of self-worth, because we all need that. Willkommen. What? Willkommen. Well, yeah, that. Welcome. Willkommen zu die uh, drei und no, uh, 24, I don't know how to say episode. Uh, welcome to the 24th episode of Beer and Fear. <laughs> My name is Paige. My name is Zach. And just so you know, the entire episode is going to be Zach speaking German, yeah, ich, ich werde, me speaking English, yeah, ich werde Deutsch. and not knowing what the Nein. other's saying. Nein. He's going to pretend he doesn't understand English. Was? Yeah. Was sprichst du? Exactly. Sprichst du. <laughs> My German's horrible. I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, 24. 24th episode. 24th episode, and this episode is on sewer gators. It's <laughs> a really weird uh, topic. <laughs> When you suggested it to me, I was like, oh, it's a, that's a genuine thing. It's like a fear of that. Uh, I mean, I've I've heard of sewer alligators before, but I never thought about it as being. Uh, I don't know. It just never crossed my mind. It's a thing that I never thought of before, so oh. I was just surprised by it. And yeah, it is. Uh, I guess a genuine fear of some people, especially young children, mm-hmm. like the boogeyman. People, people like have a genuine fear. I think there's an actual phobia for people being scared of something coming out of their toilet. And oh, biting yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So I was, yeah, it was really funny. That's right. But the beer I picked made me think of it. Nice. I like when you do that. You do the beer and then I just like the to go backwards. It helps me better because mm-hmm. then it opens up possibilities for new topics. Yeah, that aren't on our Especially list. Especially as we do more episodes and it becomes more difficult to think of mm-hmm. topics and then find beers that fit. We've got we've got plenty on our list, but it's always nice to come up with different ones so that we don't have to run through those. As that and quickly. sometimes I just look at like a topic we have on the list and I was like. It doesn't really, like, it doesn't jump out to me like something yeah. I want to talk about. Right. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's plenty of those on there, so. Whatever. Yeah. Sewer gators. Sewer gators. Uh, surprisingly, there was a decent amount of information online. I didn't immediately think there would be, and then you said there's a whole Wikipedia article about it, which mm-hmm. my entire notes is essentially, again, this episode, uh, an exact copy and paste of, of the Wikipedia article. Yeah, just tell everyone that. <laughs> so... Pull up, fine. pull up the Wikipedia article for sewer alligator. Read along. And then just read along with us. <clears throat> but it's cool. It's a cool topic. I was excited to, to do research on it and talk about it. So, Tell me about your week. What did you think of the beer? That's not what I fucking said. <laughs> I mean, since last Wednesday, I saw I got my COVID test. Wait, is it? Oh, it's really only been a week. Yeah. When did we record last episode? Um. Oh, it was uh, essentially last week, last Friday, right? Yeah. It was Friday. Okay. Well, we talked about I got my uh, first vaccination. Uh, wasn't a test. And then you said you were um, uh, almost in the process of getting yours. Yeah. So I am in phase one B. I believe. Okay. Uh, so healthcare workers and essential workers or whatever are in 1A. And then I'm in like 1B or something for essential workers because I work at a grocery store. Mm. Uh, so nice. it's considered essential. Uh, Good. So I uh, would be getting my shot soon. Um, Very cool. Mm-hmm. Keep me posted on that. Yeah, I'll let you know if I cry like a little bitch. Mm-hmm. 
I, I actually, I just, I told you I got my blood drawn like yesterday, literally mm. yesterday, and I got my blood results back already. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable how fast they... They're very quick. Usually they're not. Right. Um, maybe just less people are going to like doctors right now because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Like less people are going to like their regular physicians. Probably. Um, so I went, I honestly, I just went to get a, a consultation about my, uh, my meds, mm-hmm. but she was like, Hey, you're here. Let's do a blood draw. And I was like, okay, I don't say no to my doctor. Yeah. And overall good news. Yes. I got good, good news. And then I saw that like, I've got like really good, like white blood cell and red blood cell count. And I was like, yeah, you go blood cells. <laughs> you, you go, go doing things by freaking, uh, what is it? Cholesterol. Whoo. I hate that I even have to say that at the age of 25. I didn't see what mine was in my results. Mine's bad. Uh, start eating some uh, Cheerios. I don't like Cheerios. Every time I burp after I eat them, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's a weird aftertaste. What about Honey Nut Cheerios? I no, it's feel even like worse. Those aren't as bad, really. No, it's even worse. I don't know Such anyone who eats aftertaste. just regular Cheerios. That's kind of probably the people who eat like frosted mini weeds. You can't trust them. I don't know. I like frosted mini weeds. I knew you'd fucking say that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to. I hated them as a kid, though. but. They're disgusting. Uh, they're not bad. Um, Nasty. Yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios, they, I just saw they uh, redesigned their Cheerio shape. So they're all hearts now again. Oh. Because they were hearts at one point. Huh. So. But the, their mascot's a bee. Yep. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, honey, but. Why not shape it like. A bee? No. Like a little hive. Like a jar of honey? Yeah. Oh. Look, I can you. help lower cholesterol. Yeah. That's wise. Why can healthy. it help? Why can it help lower cholesterol? What's in it? I don't know. I don't either. But uh, boxes that have been sent over to like Asian countries, hmm. they uh, actually censor that part on the box. They put like a piece of white paper or film over that, where it says "help lower cholesterol" on the on the box of the Cheerios. They censor it. Why? You because it's not uh, backed by science. Oh. It's just. It's just like oh, this it's just can, a statement. yeah, it's just a thing. They don't have any proof of it. Uh, Wouldn't that be false advertising? There, ha- there hasn't been a scientific study, study uh, but I'm sure they could say one person that's ate Honey Nut Cheerios out of everyone who's ever had Honey Nut Cheerios before mm-hmm. had lower cholesterol after they ate them, and then even with that, just that one result, they could then make that statement. See, I would have thought that the FDA would have been like, "Hey, this is not." I mean, it probably prevents no companies like that study. from making a lot of un, you know, unbacked claims. Yeah. But that one seems, I mean, pretty mm. easy to do. But yeah, they actually censor it over in uh, Asian countries. Huh, wild. Boxes get sent over there. Fun mm. fact. Interesting. Uh, you had a dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a dream that I finally remembered. Uh, and it was weird as shit. Like, I don't understand what it was telling me. I, um... Because, I, I, I don't know. Um... From what I remember, I was, like, leaving, like, a building, a convention of some kind, and there were these people that came up behind me. And it was, like, a family with, I want to say, three teenage daughters, a mom, no dad, and, like, a son that was, like, on on the, uh, the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like really big, uh, like a tall dude, um, on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And for some reason they asked me if I could give them a ride to the park to go rollerblading. I could have fit five people in your car. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) So (laughs) I I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I was like, why can't you drive yourselves? And they're like. They told me some reason. I don't remember why. Um, So we, like, go to my car. And, like, my car turns into an RV somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a button you press. Yeah, the RV button. (laughs) Every car. It turns into an RV. Sure. But the RV didn't have sides. So I was like, oh, where are the sides? I got to find the lever to pull for the sides. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a separate thing. To get the sides. Right. I couldn't find it. And this family was getting so upset because they're like, we're not going to be able to go rollerblading. The sun's going to go down. I was like, I feel so bad. And then I somehow ended up in somebody like a a bedroom of like 
somebody, I don't know who, I think it was a child of some kind, like a teenager. Hmm. And I think it was one of the teenagers that was in the group. And she kind of looked like Bella Thorne for some reason, or there was a picture of Bella Thorne in her room or Mm -hmm. something. Like, I remember that. And I don't know how I ended up in that room. And then I was somehow driving the RV, but the RV wasn't ready to be driven. So I was like, press you, the brake. You didn't find the sides I yet. didn't find the sides. Yeah. I was like, press the brake, press the brake. And so like I stopped and I was like at an intersection in a neighborhood. It was very weird. It did uh, not end in a way that I remember. Hmm. But it was very odd. And I don't know why. It's remarkable what, uh, what the brain can just come up with. When Fucking you're, weird. When you're out of it. <laughs> well then, sewer gators, like I was saying, the beer I picked and I was going to tell you. Okay, so this beer is from Arrowhead Ales Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I passed a park called Arrowhead on my way here. Oh. I was like, oh, that's funny. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, but the about us for Arrowhead Ales is calling all beer drinkers. I'm not sure about you, but in college, beer to me was that light yellow stuff that was cheap enough to allow me to have a few solo cups worth, while at the same time, gather up the remaining change for food and gas. Yep. I had no idea what else was out there. After graduating college and actually landing a real job, making consistent income, I was introduced to a little thing called hops. (laughs) Coming to realize what IPA was, in addition to Belgians, Imperial Stouts, and Porters, I now know what true love is. Aww. I actually became interested in not only drinking good beer, but making it when I had some friends that were home brewers trying to replicate some of the styles. Mm -hmm. I sat in on a few brew days and helped out while learning about uh, partial mashes and extracts, boiling the wort and fermentation. Mm-hmm. I immediately started studying and research, I uh, researching, mm-hmm. and I decided in 2009 to get my own setup going so I could achieve beer perfection. It was a no-brainer. I had to go all grain from the beginning, brewing 10-gallon batches on a single-tier brew stand with pumps, which made brewing that much beer possible for one person. I acquired some used kegs, which I cut open and welded in fittings to use as each vessel in the brewing process. I also got myself a fermentation chamber and learned about the proper way to grow and manage yeast. It was no time before the beer I was making was comparable to some of the best beers I had purchased, if I do say so myself. Now, not only am I obsessed with all the different beer styles, I'm also addicted to the brewing process. Mm -hmm. For the past several years, I've been brewing every style imaginable and entering them in competitions with some great scores, too, and sharing them with anyone willing to try and give an honest critique. After much trial and error, I've come up with several solid recipes. At this point, I am now ready to take these recipes to the next level and share the beer wealth with many people full time. Enter Arrowhead Ales. Arrowhead was the little subdivision I called home. Uh, Arrowhead was the little subdivision I called home when I fell in love with the beer making process. Hence, the name fell right into place. From the beginning, I've picked up a few good friends along the way who are as passionate as I am about beer, brewing, and business. The three B's. Yep. Over the past few years now, we've been planning our ideal setup and have been brewing with local breweries willing to show us the ropes firsthand and provide an education in large-scale brewing. There is so much gratification in serving up pints of handcrafted beer to great people and watching them talk about it and, most of all, enjoy it. This is our passion and desire as much as it is the beer drinkers' uh, quenched palates. Therefore, please join us in getting this thing off the ground and turn a beer lover's dreams into an Arrowhead Ales reality. Sincerely, Mike Bacon, owner and head brewer. Mike Bacon. Mike Bacon. <clears throat> you said this was 2009? 2009. Is when, the, is when he started all this or when the brewery opened? When he started all this. Oh, wow. When he started it all. Um, the beer we are drinking today. Is called Face. Party Gator. Perfect. Ayatos. You're going to love the can art. It's cute. <laughs> it is a hazy India pale ale yeah. hopped with Sabro and Azaka. Azaka? Azaka? Ooh. 6.8% ABB and. ABV. You got it. ABV. 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 <laughs> and 32 IBU. Hmm. Hazy IPAs. <laughs> And uh, those hops don't sound like anything we've had before. So no. That's cool. It has 
no score on Beer Advocate. What are we doing? Zero. Nothing. Zilch. No reviews. No insane. opinions. It's got nothing. Ridiculous. Wait, where is this? Uh, where is Arrowhead? Illinois. Where in Illinois? I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, IPA New England. Um, and it's got nothing. No score. Not even a picture. It's got some reviews on um, Untapped. Untapped. But I don't like their reviewing process because it's yeah. very, uh, it's a little odd. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, New Lenox. That's right. They're in New Lenox. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, 2101 uh, Calistoga Drive, New Lenox, Illinois. 60451. Nice. I wonder if uh, our boy Jack has had anything by the uh, by this brewery. I don't know. Maybe. Um. Oh, I was going to look up something else about them. I was trying to find when they actually opened their uh, their brewery. Oh yeah, if he started in two thousand nine, how much time elapsed between him doing his stuff solo and then opening a brewery? Oh, hey, they have two job openings. Four. Um, stock food items, prepare food items, cook food items. One's a server and one's a line cook. Okay, you be the server. I'll be the line cook. Let's go. This is a plan. <laughs> then we get free beer. Yes, genius. Trying to see. Oh, a couple of my friends uh, like them on Facebook. Oh, interesting. Yep. I can't find when they actually opened their doors. It doesn't really say much about their tap room either. Well, I remember what I had to do for one of the breweries. Um, I think it was Tangerine Tornado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to look on their Facebook page and see... Uh, what year they uploaded their first profile picture mm. for their Facebook page. Um, and that allowed me to infer, you know, when that brewery may have opened. They opened a Facebook page around the same time. Back I go. Okay. First one they posted was 2011. Yeah. And it's a keg. And it looks like it's in somebody's neighborhood. <laughs> Interesting. Arrowhead. Ah, oh, they got a picture of Party Gator on here. Ales. Ooh, they do ribs. Save. Want to go. You want me to get the beer? Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to make sure there wasn't anything else I needed to read. Okay, please enjoy the the can art. That's pretty dope. <laughs> He's a little party gator. He's got a little hat. His little tail's got a wound on it. Poor baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Th- uh, if you've been listening, the name of the beer is Party Gator. Yeah. If you imagine a party gator in yes. your mind, yes. that's what's on the can. Yes. It's pretty much... He's doing a little fist bump, too. Yes. See that? Or he's dancing, maybe. We make beer here. It's got some solo cups. He's got a little party hat on. What is it? Sabro. Sabro and Azaka hopped. It says, crank up the tunes, tap that keg, it's time to rage. I like the metallic orange. I do too. It's pretty neat. Uh, the description is juicy, chuggable, hazy. Nice. Oh, I smell it all the way over here. Why does it smell good? You don't like it? Do you like it? No, I love it. Okay, good. I'm just sitting here like. It smells so good. Mm, I just want to sit here and smell it. I would wear this as a perfume. <laughs> this smells so good Mm. like that is a good smell of beer what the hell that's gonna say our best smelling beer if you didn't hear me i'm not even trying on the pour very very bubbly very carbonated um the foam is not as thick as the beer that we did in last episode what was it scarlet fire Yes. So it is dissipating very quickly. Uh, it's not very thick when you pour. Um, the foam looks very light uh, and very, very bubbly. Um, ooh, is that got a very good pour. But like we were saying, the smell is amazing. I can't wait to taste it. I love going into these episodes um, kind of without a review um, because like we have no idea. And we actually have to try and give a description. <laughs> Um, what was the other uh, hazy IPA we did? Uh, I thought we've done a few, or at least not, well, at least one other. Uh, color is very similar to orange juice. Yeah. Uh, well, first one we did uh, Bat Squatch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's it. 
Oh, we've only ever done... Oh, well, we loved Batscotch, so this is yep. a great sign. I bet this will be very similar. Um, if not, I'm guessing it'll be more fruit-forward. Yeah. Uh, much more sweet, based on the smell. Yeah, we've been surprised before. Yeah, I haven't... I was taking a picture of this one. Remember Beezer? But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, wow, this smells like pure fruit. Doesn't taste like it. Um, yeah, orange juice color. You can't see through it, hence Hazy IPA. Yes, uh, The smell is just it. very... Pleasant. Very sweet and very fruity. Look at that. That's a good head. Honestly. Give me a little tink and sip. Oof. Yep. Oh, that's a good beer. That's smooth. It is very smooth. Mm-hmm. Those hops are interesting on the palate. I was going to say it's not better at all. Maybe uh, the uh, the finish Yes, the finish is better. Slightly better. Um, not in a bad way. Mm-mm. It is interesting, though. This is not not um, not a beer that I've... Like the, the flavor profile, something yeah. I've never had before I would in agree. a beer. Hmm. And I think it's got something to do with the hops. I've never heard or seen uh, these hops before. Mm-hmm. I think it's brand new to us. Okay, so... Smooth to drink. I'm trying to get a flavor profile out of this thing. I tasted uh, a little bit of orange, mm-hmm. orange in the in the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of I burped and I got something. Yeah, different burp. Like deep in there. Ooh, kind of like you know that that beer had that had clove in it. It was kind of like that. It, <clears throat> I think it definitely did. Uh, do uh, a little bit of a 180 based on the smell of the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like uh, you were saying, just like Beezer, where the smell is very sweet and fruit forward. Yes. The taste isn't quite as as much. It is not sweet and fruity like the beer smell would have you think. Um, granted, I smell it and that's not like it's it's not as pure fruit as like Sailor's Kush was. Mm hmm. Um, you could still smell like the, a little bit of bitterness in the hops. So there's still like a decent aroma profile that's there. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, I think it's, it's very akin to Beezer as mm-hmm, far, even mm-hmm. though they're different beers, um, as far as smell versus what you actually taste in the glass. But. This also feels like mouthfeel wise. It's kind of, um, I want to say thicker, like a, the, the liquid feels thicker. Yeah. I don't know if that's got got anything to do with the haziness. Mm. Probably does. I don't know. Oh, yeah. The burp is interesting. I told you. What is that? It's got to be one of the hops. Mm-hmm. It's, the hops are... It's a very interesting choice mm-hmm. uh, for a hazy IPA to use those hops. I, I know there was another beer where I... Um, I think in the earlier episodes, I was like actually talking about the hops that they used. I hadn't done that recently. I'd be interested to check out what these hops, like the flavor profile of these hops uh, would be. They were right. It is easy to chug. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It is juicy. It's super drinkable. Yeah, very um, uh, fruity. Yes. Yeah, juicy. Yeah, juicy. I'm looking up the Azaka hops. It tastes like juice, but also beer. Juice beer. Okay. Name for the Haitian god of agriculture. Uh, it boasts an intense tropical fruit profile, excellent aromatic qualities, and it's... The smell is just The incredible. sensory is intense and tropical. What about the other one? Sabro hops. Okay, second. Okay, so Sabro brand HBC438 is the newest aroma hop release from the Hop Breeding Company. Uh, it's notable for its complex uh, complexity of fruity and citrus flavors. It imparts distinct tangerine, coconut, tropical fruit, and stone fruit aromas mm-hmm. with hints of cedar. I think that's what's in the burp. Cedar. Could be. Mint and cream. Yeah, I think that's that's the weird one. I think that the cedar, I think the Sabra one is what's hitting the back of my throat and it's in the burp, which I love that that is a part of my comparison. How is your burp? (laughs) 
I think the one that I think that's the hop that actually uh, stands p- out. Puts a real spin on this I, beer. I think it makes a difference. I think if they didn't do the Sabro hop, it would be just a fruity beer. Yeah. That is not fruity it, hazy IPA. Yes, this and is it wouldn't. Unique. It wouldn't make it different. Mm-hmm. But I think with that Sabro hop, it um, it leaves a taste in your mouth that is very pleasant. See, now that you say cedar, it's like piney almost. It's to the forefront of your mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once you put a word to it, you can't like, Oh, yeah. I can taste that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the aroma is just pleasant. I, I tasted orange uh, yes. right, right from the get-go. I um, would honestly say it's more tangerine than mm-hmm. orange. <laughs> but they're kind of similar. Yeah. Delicious. Mm-hmm. I love it. This is a really good beer. Um, and it's, uh, I see, I, I said it was going to be very similar to Bat Squatch. It really isn't. It's not. Uh, Bat Squatch was a much different beer, even yeah. though they were both hazy IPAs, and mm-hmm. I loved Bat Squatch. We should give some of the older ones another try. Someday. Um, someday, but. Uh, we'll go back and like re review them for like a special bonus episode or something. This is good. Good pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the first review of this on Beer Advocate. Because I think this is great. Do it. Make sure you include a burp section. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so far, this is our highest ranked beer. Um, bit.ly slash BAF list. It's also in the description of our episodes uh, if you want to check out the beer list. All of our beers and breweries uh, we post there, along with our scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned, you could pull up Sewer Alligators on Wikipedia and just follow along with us here. <laughs> So sewer alligator stories date back to the late 1920s and early 1930s. In most instances, they are part of contemporary legend. They are based upon reports of alligator sightings in rather unorthodox locations, in particular, New York City. Yes. The New York Times reports the city rescues several alligators per year, some directly from homes where they are kept as legal pets, Mm -hmm. which can be legally ordered online in other states and legal to mail when small, and some from outside where they can attract considerable attention Though mostly above ground. Mm-hmm. And I put in parentheses, what does mostly above ground mean? So that means they they rescue some of these uh, outside below ground? Hmm. Though escapees and former pets may survive for a short time in New York sewers, uh, long-term survival is not possible due to low temperatures yeah. and the bacteria in human feces. Mm-hmm. Sewer maintenance crews insist there is no underground population. Many have even questioned how accurate the original stories are, mm-hmm. and some have even suggested they are fictions created by uh, this guy named Teddy May. You better not go into any of the original stories. Uh, I don't. Uh, who was the commissioner of sewers at the time? Interviews with him were the basis of the first published accounts of sewer alligators. However, the story of the sewer gator in New York City is well known and various versions have been told. As late as the middle of the 20th century, souvenir shops in Florida, and if I do start mentioning stuff that you cover, interrupt me, uh, sold live baby alligators in small fish tanks as novelty souvenirs. Mm -hmm. Tourists from New York City would buy a baby alligator and try to raise it as a pet. When the alligator grew too large for comfort, the family would proceed to flush the reptile down the toilet. What the fuck? Yeah. What happens next varies. The most common story is that the alligators survive and reside within the sewer and reproduce, feeding on rats and garbage, growing to huge sizes and striking fear into sewer workers. In Robert Daly's book, The World Beneath the City, published in 1959, he comments that one night a sewer worker in New York City was shocked to find a large albino alligator swimming towards him. you talk about this? Go on. Weeks of hunting followed. The Journal of American Folklore has this to say on the subject. Quote, in 1959, a book entitled The World Beneath the City was published by Lippincott, written by Robert Daly. It is a history of the problems involved in the development of the network of utilities beneath Manhattan Island. And in the midst of the stories of engineering problems and political deals is a chapter entitled Alligators in the Sewers. You talk about this? Hmm? Do you talk about this? Repeat it. Uh, The chapter entitled Alligator in the Sewers? No. In the book? No, you're good. It is based on the author's interviews with Teddy May, who had been commissioner of sewers in New York City uh, for some 30 years. According to May, sewer inspectors first reported seeing alligators in 1935, but neither May nor anyone else believed them. Instead, he set men to watch the sewer walkers to oh, find... Oh, I lied. A- I do talk about that. You talk about this? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, about Teddy May? Mm-hmm. Uh, about how they were obtaining whiskey? Uh, not about whiskey. Oh, yeah. He sent them down into the sewers, uh, 
not to uh, look look for the alligators, but um, he uh, wanted to find out how they were obtaining whiskey down in the pipes. Huh. And I'm not sure if he was talking about the men or the gators. The gators are alcoholics? If the gators were getting whiskey, how oh they were God. smuggling whiskey down Little there. Little alligator speakeasy. Maybe yep. they were shoving the whiskey inside the alligators. <laughs> you know, all. like they like put things, like yeah. drug mules. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like you go across like a airport and yep. air, the, uh, what is it, NSA? NSA? TSA? TSA, yeah, whatever. It's like, <laughs> you can tell I don't fly often. <laughs> TSA is like, uh, you got you got something in your butthole. <laughs> it's bags oh, of shit. coke. Shit, I do. How did that get in there? Um, what a wild night in Tijuana. Persistent reports, perhaps including the newspaper item discovered by Coleman, uh, caused May to go down to find for himself. Hmm. Um, I don't talk about that. And he said the beam of his own flashlight had spotlighted alligators whose length, whose length on the average was about two feet. It's not very big. Nope. He started an extermination campaign using poison bait, followed by flooding of the side tunnels. I did talk about that, but it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, there is no mention of blind albino alligators. And May suggests the baby alligators were dumped down storm drains rather than flushed down the toilet. Why would you want to get an alligator in New York? Like, I have people, I know that, like, several people, not, like, personally, but just I am aware of them, that have pet alligators in the state of Illinois. Like, they come, they came into my previous job. I don't think that should be a thing. uh, I think it's bad for the alligator. So they come in, and they're like, oh, yeah, I got a lizard. What setup do I need? And I'm like, what kind of lizard? (laughs) And they're like, well, I can't really tell you. I'm like, what did you get? (laughs) can't really tell you what did you get <laughs> they're like i got an alligator and i'm like you know that's illegal they're like i know i'm like good fucking luck <laughs> i'll pray for you we well, don't sell many things here for alligators but oh for a baby alligator i could get them a setup an adult alligator you're fucked <laughs> sorry they never think it through it's nope. like people who think teacup pigs are a thing. Motherfuckers don't say small. No. Um, mm. Let's see. An additional reference to the sewer alligator exists in Thomas Pinchon's first novel, V. Mm. It fictionalizes the account stating Macy's was selling them for a time for 50 cents. Macy's? Macy's. Eventually, the children became bored with the pets setting them loose in the streets as well as flushing them into the the sewers. How the fuck do you get bored of an alligator? They are so cool. They're children, you know? Kids suck. Uh, Rather than poison, shotguns were used as the remedy. Yeah, that's the remedy. Benny Profane, one of the main characters in the book, continues to hunt them as a full-time job until the population is reduced. Interesting. Some versions go further to suggest that after the alligator was disposed of at such a young age, it would live the majority of its life in an environment not exposed to sunlight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and thus it would apparently in time lose its eyesight and the pigment in its hide, and that the reptile would grow to be blind and completely albino. Is that how that works? Not how that works. Another reason why an albino alligator would retreat to an underground sewer is because of its vulnerability to the sun in the wild. As there is no dark pigment in the creature's skin, it mm. has no protection from the sun, which makes it very hard for it to survive in the wild. Okay, but my question is, if they were baby gators, and they had pigment, and they had eyesight, and they really didn't have like a strong food supply in the sewers, because I can't imagine that there's enough rats mm-hmm. to sustain an alligator right. in the sewers, no. couldn't they just find a way out of the sewers, and they'd still have their pigment and be fine to be out in sunlight? Because uh, yeah. the sewer got to end somewhere. Yeah, how? it's interesting. Where would they find their way out, though? I mean, just follow the pipes. they got to end at some point. Yeah, if, I mean, if they're going to end somewhere in the ocean, uh, then... I mean, they won't be able to survive that. Yeah, these gators would be accounted I for. I don't think they that's would... how that works, though. Um, no. From what I've seen of sewage plants... There's, uh, like, the... treatment facilities. Yes, so yeah. they go to, like, these large treatment facilities where they're, like, doused with chlorine... Uh, mm-hmm. like a high concentration of chlorine and then they're put in another vat that like filters it over and that's doused with like another chemical that nullifies the chlorine mm-hmm. and then it gets reused. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. And then there's the uh, popular depictions of like sewer or uh, gators popping up through manhole covers. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like there's, that. Uh, there's art pieces. Yeah. There's like one or two in New York. There's one of, like, an alligator. I'm going to show you it. I don't know if you saw it. Of an alligator in, like, bronze reaching out of a manhole to grab a baby by the diaper. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, and then I, I did have a... Oh, I'll show that in a second. Mm-hmm. Some people even spoke of mutant oh. alligators living in the sewers, which have been exposed to many different types of toxic chemical waste, which altered them, making them deformed and sometimes even larger and with strange coloring. Okay. A gig- uh, gigantic mutant alligator based on these myths appears in the 1980 film Alligator. Huh. And Why then have I never seen that? I have this I article. I love alligators. Oh, son of a bitch. This fucking ad block shit. We see that you're using ad blogger. Yeah, I don't want to fucking see your ads. You tell them, honey. So I guess I'll disable my fucking ad blogger. Oh my god, look at all this shit. What <laughs> like, is all of that? The whole website turns into fucking ads. That's why I have ad blogger, because I can't read anything. He can't read! On your stupid website, because everything is ads. He doesn't know how to read. Your ad is covering the headline up. <laughs> Bro. Okay, so I found this Daily Mail article um, of someone finding an alligator. Um, This is from uh, December 2016. It's on Daily Mail. The headline is, The Joys of Living in Florida. Man finds large alligator hissing in the sewer outside his house while checking the mail. Another Florida man story. Good times. Florida Um, man needs to be its own freaking episode. We should do a Florida Man episode. That'd be cool. Okay, it's on our list now. Uh, Louis Camacho heard a loud hissing noise while checking his mail in Apopco. In Apopco. Apopco. No, it's just A-P-O-P-K-O. Apopco. 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 <laughs> I just want to argue with you today. Yeah, it's not. What is it? Let me see how it's spelled. It's not that, though. A-P-O-P-K-O. Apopco. 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 He got down on the street and saw an alligator in the sewer entrance. Like you do. The gator was too big to get out, so Camacho took a video. He says he has seen the same gator around his house before, but not in the drain. Not in the drain. Hey, buddy. What you doing? Hi. Fucking love alligators. They're so cute. You look so scared. I know. I feel so bad. Uh, so we'll provide a link to the, that article, maybe a picture. You can watch the video on the article, um, as long as you disable your ad blocker, which is dumb. Uh, but there's a still from the video that we'll put on a, on our pod bean as well. So. Ad popco. Popco. And my last thing, fun fact. Yeah. 1973 children's book, The Great Escape, or The Sewer Story, yeah, yeah. by Peter Lippmann, anthropomorphizes these alligators and has them dress up in disguise as humans and charter an airplane to fly them home to the Florida swamps. That's it. As one is apt to do. Let's get, let's get into this. <laughs> let's get in. Let's go, 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 go. Oh, wait. Let's get ready to... Rumble. <laughs> I am going to read to you from a few sources. Uh-huh. But first, I'm going to show you some pictures. Wonderful. Here's this one. Here's this one. Oh. Here's that one. I love alligator tongues. I think they're really cute. They're gigantic. They're adorable. And scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Scrolly, scrolly. This is the statue I was talking to you about. Yeah, I saw that. I like that he has human hands. <laughs> and a bow tie. That gator is ready for business. Can you uh, download all these and yes, I can. either upload them to Dropbox or just me. send them to me? I'll send them to you. Okay. Um, the first one I'm going to read is from Snopes. Okay. Just because I love Snopes. Yeah. Uh, so this guy did some uh, digging around in like old news articles. It's long been rumored there are thriving colonies of alligators lurking in New York City's sewer systems. Supposedly baby alligators brought back as pets from Florida end up being dumped into the sewer system when they outgrow their young and innocent stage. They're not very innocent when they're young. (laughs) From such an inglorious beginning, these discarded gators grow to immense size and daily terrorize all those foolish, foolish, foolish enough to risk a visit to the bowels of the city. Who is in New York and says, I want to go to the sewers? We've all heard it, and it ain't true. 
It's amazing who believes believes in those invisible alligators too. As a director of the New York Sea Grant Institute in Albany said to the New York Times in 1982, no less a source than all the new that's fit to print reported a veritable rash of saurian sightings in the city sewers through the 1930s. A lot of alliteration there. You know, if you stopped right there, you might walk away from all this convinced there are alligators down there. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing what a little digging will uncover. Or in this case, not uncover. Figuring any alligators in our sewers, I'm okay. And our sewers stories would be considered newsworthy by the New York press. I went through the New York Times index from 1905 to 1993 in search of alligator stories. Then I le- uh, located each story on microfilm. Here's a summary of what I found. Uh, September 4th, 1927, a good-sized Florida alligator found in a storm-swollen stream in Middletown, New York. It was later discovered that the alligator had escaped several months ago from a pan on the premises of Dr. F.E. Fowler. July 3rd, 1929, a two-foot alligator found in the grass at someone's home in Point Jervis, New York... May 22nd, 1931, another two-foot gator found in the bushes on someone's estate in Pleasantville, Westchester, New York. June 30th, 1932, police organized alligator hunt in Westchester County after two boys bring in three-foot dead alligator and claim the Bronx River River is swarming with them. Uh, July uh, July 2nd, 1932, the alligator hunt was called off after it was decided that the boys had seen snakes or lizards in the river, not gators. The dead gator they'd brought in was identified as a pet crocodile, which had escaped from a neighbor's backyard a few weeks prior to all the excitement. Aww. September 12, 1933, a squadron of riflemen was organized in Belleville, New Jersey, today to hunt for alligators in the P- uh, Passaic. Did you go over that? Passaic River? Passaic? Passaic River. Bellevue police said it is probable the alligators were some of the six reptiles which disappeared last year from a lagoon in Military Park, Newark. February 10th, 1935, boys shoveling snow into a manhole discovered a six-foot alligator trying to make his escape from the sewer. How are they shoveling snow into a manhole? Get it out of the way, I guess. The the boys lassoed the sickly saurian with a clothesline and dragged him up to street level. (laughs) Because no. the gator snapped at the kids and thus convinced them he could be indeed, indeed be dangerous, they attacked him with shovels and killed him. Speculation was the gator had fallen off a passing steamer, swum to shore, and found the entrance to the sewer. March 8th, 1935, a seal and two alligators turn up in Westchester County. A three-foot gator was found in northern Yonkers by Joseph... Uh, Demomico, 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 yesterday morning. Another twice that size was found dead on the east side of Grassy Sprain Reservoir. My shoulder's itchy. June 1st, 1937, a barge captain captures a four-foot alligator in the East River. The gator was clearly exhausted and seemed in no humor to fight. Hmm. July 7th, 1937, there's like this huge amount of them for in the 30s. Uh, passengers waiting on the eastbound platform of the Brooklyn Museum Station of the RIT, I'm sorry, IRT subway, just before midnight, were startled by the sudden appearance of a two-foot alligator, which had emerged from a refuse can. As to how the beastie might have gotten in there, passengers, passengers on the station told the police that shortly before the alligator appeared, a man put a large bundle in the can. August 16th, 1938, five alligators caught in uh, Huguenot, Hugo, Hugo, I don't know, a lake in Westchester, New York, the largest of which was 19 inches. August 17th, 1942, a four foot alligator thought to have escaped from an outdoor aquarium in a local home uh, was found in Lake um, Mindawaskin, uh, Westfield, New Jersey. Uh, August 12th, 1982, a 26-inch alligator was found swimming in Kensico Reservoir in Westchester, New York. Everything happens in Westchester. Uh, part of the New York City water supply system. All of these alligators were found in and around New York City, but only one had turned up in a sewer. Hmm. <laughs> Mind you, Westchester County looks like a fine place to avoid if you're not uh, interested in alligators. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not surprisingly either, for alligators thrive in Florida, and it's hard to believe creatures that accustomed to a warm climate would survive in the New York sewer system. Right. 
A New York winter is hard on native New Yorkers. I wouldn't think a colony of gators would stand a chance in that cold. No. Uh, nature writer Diane Ackerman has this to say about alligators' longevity under these conditions. Um, they couldn't survive for any length of time in the sewers, only a few months at the most, because they can't live long in salmonella or E. coli organisms mm -hmm. that one usually finds in sewage. Also, alligators live at a temperature between 78 and 90 degrees. So imagine trying to survive in frigid water like that when you are a reptile. Okay, yeah, that's just Teddy May stuff. <sighs> I mean, I when I was talking about that stuff and you said, oh, yeah, I talked about that. I just stopped where I was in the sentence and then went to the next bullet point. So I think you mostly covered what I was going to go over. I didn't, I didn't over really anyways. complete most of my points. So if you want to cover it, that's eh, not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, after all, that information is easily accessible on again the Wikipedia article for sewer alligators. So if you really are inclined to know what uh, everything about Teddy May, it's it's on there. Okay, so you went over that the beam of his own flashlight had spotlighted alligators whose yep. length on the average was about two feet. Um, he began baiting the alligators with poison and repeatedly, repeatedly flushing out the tunnels to drive them outwards mm -hmm. to maintain pipeline to main pipelines, uh, where hunters were waiting. Uh, in 37, the alligators were confirmed gone. And then the sightings between 48 and 66 were never confirmed. Mm. Okay. The most widely cited of, um, uh, the articles that, um, 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 um alligator found in uptown sewer, was a news uh, article that came out. It's the most well, widely uh, cited. Uh, in February 10th of 1935, head, uh, the headline alligator found in Uptown Sewer, the article described several people led by a teenager named Salvatore Condolucci, Condolu something, uh -huh. who had caught and ultimately killed a seven to eight foot long alligator they discovered beneath an open manhole on the 123rd Street near Harlem River. Uh, the occasion of this re-examination of these stories is the 50th anniversary of the publication of Robert Daly's 1959, The World Beneath the City. Mm -hmm. The reporter interviewed Daly and others last week for this new article, and um, they conducted a great deal of research on this topic in the beginning years of the 70s. Um, there's a unique discovery that alligators in the sewers were not all just legendary, not from the 1960s, as folklorists thought, but had a firm newspaper history three decades earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, so... The previous stories would be that um, these uh, alligators were brought back by New York families, rich New York families, mm -hmm. uh, who'd made some poor buying decisions while on vacation in Florida. Once they tired of their new pets or at least realized quite how uh, big and hungry they were going to get, the owners would flush them down the toilet. Um, that's at least the main explanation for how many people claim to have spotted them. <clears throat> See, that makes me think. So they flush them down the toilet because they realize that how big they're going to get. But they still need to be small enough to be able to flush down a toilet. Yeah. So it's like, that's still pretty small. Have you seen a baby alligator? I mean... They, they, don't, they Honestly, they, they're they not like super tiny when they come out of the egg. Right. They're not gigantic, but they're but not it's tiny. Like, imagine the size when they buy them, and then they bring them home, and then it's probably not much longer to where they grow a little bit larger to where they can still be flushed down a toilet. Honestly, um, okay. Have you've seen baby alligators, right? Yeah. That size, in my opinion, would be the size that would fit down a toilet. What they hatch from. Right. Once they get bigger, I yeah. really don't think you'd be able to flush them. Th yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, so I don't, I don't really know about that. Because they, down the toilet. I think they grow pretty quickly. Right. So, and it's not like once you realized how big they were going to get, it's like that would take a couple days, maybe, yeah. for it to grow. To that size to where it can no longer be flushed down a toilet. But. I think that it probably bites them. And then they realize <laughs> that this is not the pet for my child. I mean, it's tiny, but it's still got that, that closing pressure of its jaw. Like, they're intense. Nile alligators? Crocodiles? No, crocodiles. Crocodiles. Yep. Yeah, they get huge. Yep. Anyways, um, the story persists because it actually seems to have a grain of truth to it. We can't verify the tales of posh brats flushing innocent baby gators down toilets, <laughs> but sightings, some verified, some probably made up, have been a feature on the city's newspapers since the 1930s, like I went over. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you went over it, uh, that the first sighting of an alligator was in uh, 32 in New York Times, mm -hmm. uh, was found lounging on the Bronx River. Um, you went over that, right? 
Or did I go over that? I went over that. Nailed it. Um, there was an update in February of 2018 because a concerned elementary school teacher has been in touch with this, uh, the writer of this article mm-hmm. from Maryland, worrying that this article might give impressionable students the wrong idea. So to clarify, while the alligators have often been found in and around New York, it seems unlikely that they lived in the sewers or at least not for long since they'd probably die of cold and disease. Of course, there was some lady who had to be like, um, well, actually, um... Actually, my students were scared that there might be alligators in the sewer. I find this article inaccurate and offensive. Rather than fearing them, New Yorkers seem to view the city's phantom alligators as a source of pride. For the past four years, every 9th February has seen the celebration of the city's annual Alligators in the Sewers Day. What? Manhattan Borough historian Michael Miskion. Miskion. You said February 9th? Mm -hmm. It's coming up. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Who launched the event on the 75th anniversary of the 1935 sighting? Uh, Claims he created it not to poke fun at the story, but to emphasize its veracity. The concept of alligators in city sewers is a great myth. And having done a little research on it, I found that it is a strong basis in reality. I felt some people should know that. At this year's event, there were speakers and a quiz, and the first hundred guests received a free plastic baby alligator. The New York obsession with alligators seems all the stranger when you consider the fact that smaller reptiles, very differently, are swimming around beneath the city streets. And no one seems to be very concerned about them. Snapping turtles are regularly spotted in sewage treatment systems. But for, um, oh God, what was his last name? Miss, Miss, Michael, Michael, Miss. they simply don't have the same appeal. They're not nearly as exotic or dangerous as alligators and they're native to this area. So what's the big deal of alligators, of, of turtles swimming in my poop? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? No one cares about snapping turtles. The state lawmakers don't agree. In 2006, they designated the snapping turtle, the official state animal, the official state animal. Nice. Silly. Uh, the alligator story has also imprinted itself, albeit less deeply, on Paris. Hmm. In 1984, sewer workers under the Pont something bridge, Pont Tom Pont Neuf, Pont Neuf bridge found a Nile alligator, which had supposedly been eating rubbish and rats to survive. Hmm. It was christened Eleanor, and still resides in an aquarium in the city of Venice. Venice, Venice. In in true Parisian style, the city has yet to celebrate anything as undignified as an alligator in the sewers. How dare. Poor alligator. Just trying to survive. Feeding off rats and garbage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know why the article brings it up, but in London, there are no alligators that we know of. (laughs) (laughs) And fears instead tend to focus on giant rats. Perhaps, not surprisingly, since they carried the bubonic plague that managed oh, to wipe yeah. out half that city's population yeah, in the 14th century. Yeah. As with New York alligators, the problem is apparently the fault of a particular class. In Elton's Ecologists, a history of the now defunct Oxford Bureau of Animal Population, author Peter Crowcroft, what a name, blames the apartment-dwelling middle classes for feeding the sewer rats. Sewer rats do well in areas which are thickly populated by humans who are neither neither very rich nor very poor. Such people, especially apartment dwellers, us apartment dwellers, <laughs> tend to waste food, often flushing it into the drains in useful fragments, mm. instead of converting it into unavailable sludge with grinding machines installed in sinks. Well, I can't put food down my sink, and I also don't have a disposal. I do. So it all goes in the garbage. So when the mutant rats really do take over, we all know who to blame. You. I have a garbage disposal. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you don't. No, no, no. Well, I, I can't fit food in my sink, so. Yeah, but it's for people who don't have garbage disposals. Yeah, but I don't put food in my sink because it won't go down. Okay, but you put it in trash, which means it just attracts it to landfills. It well, doesn't get to be, doesn't it doesn't get sewer. composted. It, get a compost. Sure, it doesn't go in the sewer, though. Can't believe you. The alligators eat it. Yeah, but mine's sludge. So it's, it's not helpful for rats. Yeah, sure. So we're not blaming you. Yeah. Right. Not blaming Even me though either. you said you, looked directly right. at me and said you. I didn't understand the first time. Not blaming me either. Sure. Not my fault. Yeah. Um, did you read the original story? I don't think so. Okay, so it's just a quick uh, little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the tale that started is uh, a young boy gets a baby alligator for his birthday and flushes it down the toilet. Uh, not knowing what else to do about it. Years later, as the story goes, that same boy reaches into a sewer grate for a lost baseball, and the clown it reaches out and takes his arm. Uh, and his uh, arm is ripped off by his former pet. Oh, I thought you were going to say the alligator reaches out and eats him, but... It, it reaches out and grabs his arm and rips it the off. Clown. Oh, you were joking. Yes. Uh, no uh the boy reaches into a sewer grate for a lost baseball and his arm is ripped off by his former pet much like pennywise the clown uh-huh. uh now monstrous and ravenous for blood that's what you get for flushing uh animal down the toilet i know that is still alive that's what you get motherfucker whatever happens to goldfish that get flushed down the toilet that happens all the time they probably decompose you think they get like broken down by that ammonia i think they would die like not quickly goldfish are pretty hardy well, uh, well, I mean, they're not alive when they get flushed down the toilet. Oh, there's some people that flush them live because they don't want to take care of them anymore because they get too big. Yeah, they would die. You think you said you think they would die quickly or not quickly? Not quickly. I would think they would die pretty quick. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know more about fish than I do. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the world beneath the city that included an interview with uh, the man who was claiming to have been a sewer commissioner in the 1930s ah. when a campaign was mounted to clean all the alligators out of the sewer system. Uh, this seemed like solid evidence uh, that even if no alligators, uh, if alligators no longer lurk in the city's sewers, they did it one time and were enough of a menace that the city initiated a program to eradicate them. Uh, however, Brunfand notes further investigation revealed that the man had never been a commissioner and in fact had delighted in spinning outrageous yarns. He's a phony. A pho- You're a big, <laughs> a big fat, fat phony. phony. Uh, like I previously said, that they could not survive. Uh, in that 1982 interview with the New York Times, uh, sewer bur- 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 borough spokesman John T. Flaherty said, I could cite you many cognate, <laughs> cognate logical reasons why the sewer system is not a fit habitat for an alligator. But suffice it to say that in the 28 years I have been in the sewer game, put that on a t-shirt neither i nor any of the thousands of men who have worked to build maintain or repair the sewer system has ever seen one and a 10 foot 800 pound alligator would be hard to miss right that's it what is your uh opinion do you think they're a real thing no um i don't think it's i don't think they're uh, super prevalent. I don't think there's like um, a large number of gators existing in the sewers of New York or really anywhere. No. But I would, uh, I would uh, challenge and and say that there has has had to be at least one. I would not argue that at some point someone has flushed something that should not be flushed, like an alligator down the toilet. And even that article that I that I showed, someone was literally filming a a gator in a sewer. Mm -hmm. So I okay, but that literally could have just been a grown ass gator that ended up in the front end of that sewer. That's true. So I I feel like there had to be at least one case of a legitimate gator or something that resembled a gator. Maybe it wasn't ten feet. Maybe it was only two feet. That showed up in the sewers somewhere, and that turned into a huge thing. Oh, uh, outcry of people like yeah, took gators it and, everywhere and ran with it, right? So, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think it's a legitimate problem. I, I thought, I thought it was pretty amusing when you were talking about how uh, that Thomas was it Thomas May, whatever his name was. Yeah, he was Teddy. Uh, yeah, Teddy May. He was. Uh, flushing stuff and like trying to flush the pipes to the main pipes and then they had people like ready to ambush yeah. the gators. Oh, the, and then it turned the out that pipes. he wasn't a commissioner at all. Right. I think that's funny that, that they had actually hired people to, to just stand at the end of a sewage to, like, system yeah, and hunt shoot. Gators. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> it's not sporting at all. Uh, so. I just looked up an article on why you should never flush fish down the toilet. Hmm. Um, well, one, I always tell people it's because goldfish are invasive. They are monstrous eating machines. Oh. And you put one into a pond, they get gigantic. Hmm. And they would not have anything to prey on them. Hmm. So they are... Interesting. They are beasts. But I mean, like, dead goldfish. Oh, dead goldfish? They just decompose. Yeah, no point in... Yeah. A live goldfish? There's several things that could happen. 
uh, because fish are supposed to be acclimated to water Mm -hmm. in order to survive in their ecosystem or whatever you want to call it, um, they need to have a water cycle. And a water cycle is a balance of um, your pH, your Mm -hmm. nitrite, your nitrate, your ammonia um, to show that your tank is safer to live in. And then if you have water sensitive fish, it'd be like a sensitivity to alkalinity or a sensitivity to water hardness, which goldfish are not sensitive to water hardness because they're... They're decently hardy if you take good, the proper care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were to put a live goldfish in the toilet, they can handle cold water, but the drastic change in temperature touching that water because it is not chlorinated. Well, that's toilet water, so it's technically chlorinated on some level, but they die from that most likely. Okay. Or they'd make it through the sewage system and wind up at a sewage treatment plant. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very... I've showed you a picture of like a huge ass goldfish, right? I mean, I've seen huge ass goldfish before too. Big, yeah. man. You had a few at uh, your store, your old place. That's not even as big as I get. I like uh, koi fish. I think it'd be cool to. They get big. They're a little dumb. Yeah, if I uh, if I ever get rich and uh, grow old and have a lot of money, um, damn, that's a big goldfish. It's like the size of a carp. They're in the carp family. <laughs> and carp are also invasive. Oh. Uh, but yeah, if I ever get rich and have a lot of money, I'm going to have a koi pond in my backyard. Uh, I would live somewhere that is not near predators because they will just feed off those koi. Oh, yeah, but I had so many people that would come in and be like, uh, what do you recommend for um, raccoons or birds of prey? I'm like, you need to get pond netting. Why don't mm. you have pond netting? You live near the woods. What do you expect is going to happen to your $70 fish that you spent 10 years with? <laughs> There's a uh, music store in Ludington, Michigan mm-hmm. that I visited several times. Called the Paw and Raccoon? Va- vacationing there. It's not called that. Oh. I don't know what it's called. Upsetting. But they have a koi pond in their uh, in their business. Mm. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and then, indoor ponds have become very popular. Yeah, and then you can uh, ask the guy and he'll give you some fish food and yeah. throw it in there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're very pretty, but they're very mm. dumb. Very dumb? Carper, not smart. <laughs> Carper, Carper, annoying. But yeah, that's that's my segment. I'm a little all over the place because I was reading from like four different articles. Yeah, you're flipping around. All yeah, I kept going between nice. the two. It's cool. Uh, that is episode 24 on sewer gators. Zachary, sewer gators. Do you have anything to add? I'm waiting for your uh, your catchphrase. <laughs> what did you think of the beer? Yeah. Did you finish it? I haven't finished mine yet. You're almost done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, we mentioned Beezer and how that was kind of like a, you said it was a 360, um, but that would just bring you right back to where you, you were. A 180. <laughs> I went in a full circle and I ended up right behind it again. <laughs> I went in a 180. Uh, and how that kind of, you know, spun us around. A 240. Around and, uh, gave us a 240. Uh, this beer was similar. Uh, we, based on the smell, thought it was going to be very fruity, very sweet. Uh, kind of like, what was that, um... Candy Crushable, mm. you know, with the sugar. Mm-hmm. Sweet, very sweet beer. The lactose sugar. Drinkable beer. Uh, it was not like that. I think the that uh, one hop strain that was in there definitely gave it a, a spin that yes, made it, it did. The extremely unique. Yeah, the Sabro really took it for a different uh, different flavor profile. So you get, uh, what was it, cedar. You get some yeah. a little bit, of, you know, piney taste to it in the in the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, it's very fruit forward, very drinkable, very smooth, yes. hardly any bite. Um, I would argue with that. A little bit of bitterness on the, I, on the I say that there's bite on the tail end, but I didn't I didn't have any bite to it. It wasn't a very uh, overwhelmingly strong beer. We've had heavier hopped beers before. Hundred percent, much heavier because this yeah. is just a hazy IPA. Yeah, we've had like double. Hopped. It's mellow. Uh, it's In fruity. comparison to that, but I still say that because of those two hops that we have never tried before, there's a bit of a bite on the tail end, mm-hmm. like near the back of your throat. Yeah, yep, but it is. Extremely drinkable. I enjoyed it. Delicious. Smell is wonderful. Like yep. I'm not kidding. I would wear this as like a perfume. Like that the smell smells, is good. It smells so good. Um, flavor wise, great hazy IPA. Um, I kind of like it more than uh, Bat Squatch. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I like it more than Bat Squatch. Wow. Okay. I just think it's smoother to drink. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bat Squatch is as smooth. I think it was a little more bitter on the I'll tongue. Have to, I'll have to try Bat Squatch again. Mm-hmm. We should definitely. Well, I bought it recently and had it again, so I I'm like got it a little more like oh yeah. okay, so the Bat Squatch was a little more um, uh, bitter. Uh huh. 
Um, I, I think that this overall flavor profile is very good. It is very much tropical tangerine. I'm not getting coconut, like it said, but that again could just come down to the brewing process and what they brought out of the hops as they were brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely tangerine. Uh, it is not a overly sweet beer. Mm-hmm. So if that is not your preference, uh, I would definitely... Um, yeah, definitely not like some of the other recent ones we've had. Yes. It is very... Yeah, it is very different. It is very enjoyable. It is very easy to drink in comparison to the two bonus episodes we did that have not come out yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those two were something. Did Scott drink it yet? Uh, he hasn't gotten back to me. God I don't think it, he's Scott. tried it yet, but... Um... I know i I warned him i want him to record his face as he tries it (laughs) like i want to see that um i like it i recommend it good on you arrowhead ales you did a great job with this one (laughs) i would definitely like to try more from them and uh we should visit their i agree we'll make time we we have a huge list of different all these chicago uh, breweries that we we should check out we're gonna need to make like a day of it hell yeah (laughs) that'd be that'd be pretty cool um, but if you're around the area of New Lenox, definitely check them out. Yeah, that doesn't mean you have to go out to Chicago, so you don't have to worry about being yeah. in the city. I like this beer, and I'm sure they've got a bunch of other... They uh, have an extensive list. It's really not super long, beers. but they have some on their menu. It looks very interesting. And I dig their story. I also really dig the can art. It is cool. Very cute. It is cute. Um, that, But yeah, I recommend it. Great beer. Great beer. Great beer. And it's a great way to stay in shape. And it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> uh, drinking beer, great way to stay in shape. <laughs> beer and fearcast at gmail.com is our email if you yes. want to send us stories or say hello or give us comments or whatever or ask me out on a date any episodes or ask Paige out on a date I'm single ladies um, frights and flights at beer and cast nope nope uh, <laughs> beer and fearcast <laughs> at gmail.com is go. where you can send your frights and flights stories to with a beer recommendation a beer please recommendation. be creative with a beer recommendation that yeah is send us something cool and uh, obviously your your paranormal or spooky story. Mythical. Yeah, something, whatever. whatever. Just a story that you feel is like, this is crazy. This is crazy. You guys should tell this and drink beer yes. while you're telling it. And then Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, yes. Instagram. Instagram, we're posting pictures of the brew that we're drinking every week. Yep. Uh, tagging the beer and then Paige's pets occasionally. Yes. Um, and then fa- the other uh, websites you can keep up to date with our newest episodes. We release them every week. Wednesday at noon, and we'll have a post to the link on Spotify. And then our website's on Podbean if you want to look at uh, the pictures that we talk about in each episode, the videos, articles that we mention. That's all going to be available on Podbean as well. Yes, and I will send you those pictures uh, shortly. Don't forget. Anything else you want to add? No. Have a good day. (laughs) You can't take me anywhere.